How can you make a difference on this crazy planet? Listen to nature-inspired stories and interviews with environmental educators for some new ideas. Sustainable Living News writer, nature walker, and youth educator Wendy Natterney Fashon hosts the Story Walking Radio Hour to talk about issues that matter and to introduce you to people who are coming up with creative, sensible solutions. Let's engage with Earth, with spirit, and with one another heart-to-heart to to solve problems and co-create more meaningful life stories. Tune in to Nature's Loving Vibes every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. here on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Welcome to the Story Walking Radio Hour. I'm your host, Wendy Natterney-Fashon, here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For a full schedule of this channel's inspiring programming, go to dreamvision7radio.com. You'll find the Story Walking Radio Hour show listed under the Sustainable Living tab, or you can access it through my website at storywalking.com. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Natural Awakenings, Greater Boston, Rhode Island Magazine, which presents the latest news and information on natural wellness, creative expression, personal growth, and sustainable living. Subscribe to the digital issue at www.naturalawakeningsboston.com. Explore the Healthy Kids section and read the recent article, Kidfluencers, about kids using social media for positive change. Today's kids are our future. However, denying them access to outdoor experiences deprives them of the learning needed to become better stewards of the planet. And the fact is, many children are lacking opportunities to thrive outside because many lack access to safe, beautiful, natural spaces. In fact, the Center for American Progress recently reported that 70% of low-income communities across the country are located in nature-deprived areas, 70%. Furthermore, our current technological culture and school programming keeps kids busy inside with digital media and highly structured learning materials and activities. School days are planned in a minute with little time for spontaneity. Recess periods have been cut short and time outside for hands-on learning has become to be viewed as a luxury most teachers think they can ill afford. Ironically, research findings are showing that this nature depravity is proving very costly to our children's natural process of healthy growth and development, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Getting kids back outside and back into nature requires dedicated, enthusiastic, and able leadership and some extremely creative outside-the-box thinking. Our guest today, Shannon Rose, is an environmental educator and the founding director of thrive outside. She is also a landscape architect and a mother of five, dedicated to passing on a legacy of love and respect for our planet Earth. She'll be sharing her story about what led her to create Thrive Outside, through which she helps schools provide their students with greater access to nature through hands-on outdoor learning and nature play. Shannon does this by designing and implementing dynamic outdoor learning zones, and 
supporting these zones with teacher professional development in outdoor learning. Thrive Outside also hosts a variety of community events aimed at encouraging kids, teens, and their families to get outside and enjoy nature. Shannon's work speaks to my heart. And I'd like to set the stage for our interview today by sharing first a personal story. My own magical shift from the outdoor workspace, or the indoor workplace, shall I say, to outdoor learning, was prompted by a calling I received from the spirit realm 15 years ago. My calling came in the form of a message channeled through an email which began, Dear One. Dear One, all the doors and windows of your home are open to let in the light of the sun and the breeze that moves the dust of the past and brings the clearing air. More change than you had planned for is on the way. If you're not, you have asked. Your basket will be filled to the brim with more than you had hoped for. Leave yourself open. All that is used by, by you, we know you will share with others. Such is the nature of your soul. Accept what arrives and share the abundance. You have sown on very fertile ground and lived as the most careful farmer. That which is unnecessary will fade into the background. The people and the things that depart are meant to. They've served you and now can depart with their lessons intact, no longer necessary. Please continue to accept the gifts as they are delivered. Please excuse the lack of fancy gift wrap. We want you to use them right away without fear of destroying the wrapping. You are a steward in the best sense for all of life, family, friends, and work associates. Just as you guided the young in the swimming pool, now you will do the same on dry land. Just walk, listen, and use what you are given. Full understanding is not necessary at this time. Like a book, just keep turning the pages to eventually reach the end. This book will be delivered one page at a time like Dickens' installments in a Victorian newspaper. We request you patience while others catch up to you who will be participating. Walk on, head high, eyes ahead. Your basket holds many items of value. Have no fear of sharing. Shalom. At the time I received this, I was working as a health insurance agent. And it has taken time for me to understand the metaphorical meaning of the message. The reference to the swimming pool sent me down memory lane to a formative experience I'd forgotten about. When I was in elementary school, my Girl Scout troop decided to earn the swimming badge. Together, we attended swimming lessons at the local YMCA. When we were tested for class-level placement, most of the girls were put in the A class. I, however, was assigned to C grade level, and I recall feeling totally inadequate and, well, like outcast. I felt like I missed it. Five years after that, I attended a big regional high school 
which had an indoor eight-lane competition pool. And during my sophomore year, I ventured out of my comfort zone to try out for the girls' swim team. I was assigned to swim backstroke, and being the slowest swimmer, I swam in the far outside lane during interscholastic swim meets. I showed up for all the team practices, I worked hard, I cheered on my teammates, and I just simply focused on bettering my own time. At the same time, I pursued teacher training through the high school guard program, a student-led service organization. And I, there I learned how to teach life-saving and swim lessons, and then became a member of the swim guard, which was a carefully vetted service organization of 90 junior and senior students, big organization. I loved the teaching and was much better at teaching than swimming competitively. Wednesday evening, I taught life-saving to Boy Scouts. Saturday morning, I taught elementary age children how to overcome their fear of the water. My most indelible memory was the six-year-olds who would cling to the edge of the pool with a look of sheer panic. I would stand in the water next to them and demonstrate the first skills, putting my face under the water and then bubble breathing. I would hold my breath, put my face in the water, and then just blow bubbles. It made it look fun. After working on breathing, I would ask them to hold on to the edge of the pool and practice flutter kicking. Then I would hold them firmly yet gently under the arms and pull each child through the water while they did more flutter kicking. In time, I built trust and faith so that we could move forward from there. Next, I would stand six feet away and ask them to put their face in the water, shoot off the wall like a rocket, and kick to me. When they did that, I would step back and repeat the process. When they could go a distance of 15 feet confidently, they would graduate to the next level. Some kids learned after three lessons. Others took much longer. But as we dispelled the fear, each child learned to enjoy buoyancy and eventually to dive and swim the full length of the pool. At the end of my junior year, I was chosen to lead the organization as head guard and to do so through my senior year. This was an unexpected honor and a huge responsibility. It meant I was in charge of scheduling and overseeing the staff and fulfilling a wide range of duties, such as safety and shower hygiene in the girls' locker room. I created and posted the weekly schedules, teaching schedules, and lifeguard assignments. And additionally, I led the organization of staff social events and team building activities. And we, we had a blast. <laughs> but anyway, this leader opportunity was such a gift because it allowed me to develop a vast array of new skills. And more importantly, it allowed me to impact the lives of many, many children, helping them to overcome their fears become proficient in swimming, 
and build their self-confidence. It's this, it's this service experience, i got to say, it, it just it mattered, and I was making a difference, and you know, it was, there was just so much satisfaction in participating and being a part of this. So, anyways, imagine me working as a health insurance agent at the age of 50 and receiving a spiritual calling telling me, just as you guided the young in the swimming pool, now you will do the same on dry land. Just walk, listen, and use what you are given. Full understanding is not necessary at this time. I'm thinking, let's do the same on dry land. What? I thought. Teach children to walk? Oh, come on, that's silly. Children already know how to walk. So in order to better understand this message, I followed the simple instructions and just started walking much more mindfully. And through this process, I was led to the discovery of story walking, which is about so much more than just walking. Sparked by the email at that point in time that called me to work with young people, I began leading after-school walking clubs in 2011, volunteering at a boys and girls club in Providence and at an elementary school in Pawtucket. Both clubs took place in impoverished communities, which required a heightened level of sensitivity and caution. The playgrounds were asphalt and generally protected with chain link fences. No flowers, maybe one tree. So I wanted to walk the kids to a nearby park. From, and from an energetic standpoint, it was important to replace thoughts of fear with thoughts of being careful taking preventive measures. So I developed safety protocols, packing a first aid kit, carrying a list of student names and emergency phone numbers, and working with the students themselves to agree upon and write a set of safety rules. Then, as we walked, our walks became stories, and we created memories. When there was a head bump, a knee scrape, a bee sting, an upset stomach, or an argument between friends, I was prepared because while story walking is magical and uplifting, upsetting things do happen. When one views one's life like a story, or rather like a Dickens novel, however, and applies story walking's positive practices and principles, one can overcome disruptions, and difficult emotions. COVID is a great life example of this. Uh, Like, how would Dickens have written a story around COVID? Fear was everywhere, and freedom was curtailed. The event kept our lives from moving forward, all of our lives. It disrupted everyone's physical mental, emotional, and spiritual development. The shift to digital media and distance learning brought life indoors, which was well intended, except that effort fell far short in many respects. Through the COVID scare, I kept practicing the story walking process on my own with patience while waiting for things to settle and waiting for everyone to come back out and play. (laughs) And you know what? Now it's time. 
It is time to open all the doors and windows of your homes, people. Let in the light of the sun, and the breeze will remove the dust of the past and bring the clearing air. So let's go outside and thrive. Nature brings us to a happy place. And I've read a lot about how happiness is vital for the health of not only children, but also adults. Reconnect with nature and one another because clearly this is what we all need right now. Story walking is an easy and fun way to enhance physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being because it activates the body, mind, and spirit and brings all these into balance. I am absolutely certain that both outdoor learning time and activities like story walking and Thrive Outside will improve our children's physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. They will fall in love with nature, which is such a wonderful feeling. What's more, because we protect what we love, as children immerse themselves in nature, they will commit themselves to devising ways to protect nature. And we need that right now. I became certified in, Rhode Island, in the Rhode Island um, program quality assessment, RIPQA, a process which develop, was developed to help guide the design and delivery of enriching holistic youth programming that meets high standards of quality. I myself am a self-learner, and I actually teach self-learning. I think that's a big part of, of the outdoor experience. My experience extends from my own daily mindful walking practice and walking club facilitation. So it extends from that to producing story, the Story Walking Radio Hour podcast and to um, the walking journal photo blogs, which all these things allow me to share what I've learned with a broader audience. I see story walking as a holistic health modality. And my teaching may incorporate things like digital detox and nature immersion, breath work and Qigong movement and energy flow, sensory stimulation and pineal activation, which I write about in this month's walking journal entry as I delve into the amazing biology and symbology of pine cones. My approach might also include instruction in positive self-talk and self-empathy journal writing, and or nature art, because these things help us to begin to express our stories, our thoughts, our ideas. One part of my story walking dream is to empower teams of high school students to teach story walking to younger kids, because I wish to help high school kids experience the teamwork and leadership learning I experienced during my high school years. This could be a great opportunity, especially for students seeking alternatives to competitive sports. I think to myself back on that swim team. <laughs> anyway, this is the Story Walking website to explore a vast array of inspiring resources and imagine the possibilities. Then contact me, storywalkerwendy at gmail.com, if you seek guidance in forming an extracurricular networking or a story walking program for your school school district, neighborhood, organization. Also, as a member of the Rhode Island Environmental Education Association Network, I can connect students, 
teachers and families to many other brilliant outdoor educators who can provide additional guidance and resources. Today's guest is at the top of the list. I am so excited to introduce you to Shannon Rose. She is the founder of Thrive Outside, an organization that helps schools provide their students with greater access to nature through hands-on outdoor learning and nature play. Shannon does this by designing and implementing dynamic outdoor learning zones and supporting these zones with teacher professional development in outdoor learning. So here we go. Welcome, Shannon. So glad to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Wendy. The pleasure is all mine. Um, yeah, we've only got a, um, a couple minutes, um, but I just want to start real quick, you know, just two minutes. Um, your story, what led you to the creation of Thrive Outside? Oh, thank you. Um, I would say, yeah, I, li I like to say it's, I, I was given the opportunity as a kid to fall in love with nature, and you use that phrase yourself, it resonates with me. Um, I was born in uh, Hackettstown, New Jersey, where they, uh, my, our claim to fame is that the Mars factory is there. They make M&Ms and other, you know, sweet treats, and I used to tell kids um, that when I was little. And then on my fourth birthday, I uh, moved up to Ipswich, Massachusetts, along the coast. And my parents had told me, oh, you know, dad got a new job. And so I was excited and we, we moved. And uh, when we arrived at our new home, it was completely dark out. And so we all went to bed in sleeping bags because we didn't have our furniture yet. And I'll never forget the next morning when I woke up and I walked to the window and it was springtime and the, the sun had just come up and it was shining down on the, the grass was all dew and kind of just beautiful and there on the lawn of our new home was a whole herd of deer grazing and my little four-year-old mind was like wow like I had never seen anything like that before and as it turned out where we moved was the grounds of an old estate up in Ipswich it's called the Crane Estate and my dad was the superintendent of that estate uh, it's owned by a nonprofit and so we got to live on a house on that property for about 10 years so that began my journey of just constantly loving the outdoors um, just feeling like it was a place of solace and beauty and um, just a place also where I could be without my parents. I love them dearly, but it was, you know, that independence and being able to do all that. And so that laid the foundation for me. And then, you know, fast forward to when I, you know, had, you know, was in school and had teachers that took us outside. It was such an awesome experience and I was very engaged with those hands-on activities. And it just led me to uh, wanting to do that for kids everywhere. And I went into the field of landscape architecture. It was constantly drawn to doing projects that involve children and designing spaces for children and wellness. And so it just seemed to be the perfect fit when I realized, you know, what was going on in our culture with, you know, when I became a mother and seeing all the cultural influences, it, it made sense that um, Thrive Outside should be born. That's awesome. Wow. And so grateful it all happened to you and that you're doing this now. Um, okay, it's time for our first station break. <laughs> I'm your host, Wendy Natalie-Fashon, here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, and you're listening to the Story Walking Radio Hour. The purpose and mission of the Story Walking Radio Hour is to open minds and foster positive difference-making here on planet Earth. 
Learn more about Storywalking and find more of our podcasts at storywalking.com. We're going to be back in a moment to discuss more about what it takes to thrive outside with guest Janine Rosé, landscape architect, environmental educator, and founding director of Thrive Outside. How can you make a difference on this crazy planet? Listen to nature-inspired stories and interviews with environmental educators for some new ideas. Sustainable Living News writer, nature walker, and youth educator Wendy Natterney Fashon hosts the Story Walking Radio Hour to talk about issues that matter and to introduce you to people who are coming up with creative, sensible solutions. Let's engage with Earth, with spirit, and with one another heart-to-heart to to solve problems and co-create more meaningful life stories. Tune in to Nature's Loving Vibes every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. here on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. How can parents help their teenage children navigate the challenging years between childhood and adulthood? How might parents continue to gently exert a positive influence during this critical stage of growth and development? Read The Difference Maker, written by parent and story-walking radio host Wendy Natterney Fashan. This book shares the story of her late son, Neil, their relationship, and the wisdom of an enlightened teenager. The Difference Maker is a coming-of-age collection of stories that parents can share and discuss with their kids. Go to the storywalking.com website, download The Difference Maker, and become inspired. Why would God design a heart-shaped flower that cries? In a picture book titled The Angel Heart, a curious child picks such a flower and carefully pulls it apart, one poetic petal at a time, to reveal the answer. Discover the miracle of the heart and its role in providing comfort, joy, and peace. Written in the language of love, this uplifting story is sure to open up conversations about emotions, spiritual beliefs, the circle of life, or even fairy magic. Give your favorite child the gift of love. The Angel Heart by Wendy Natterney Fashan. Available through Amazon and Balboa Press. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to the Story Walking Radio Hour here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. I'm your host, Wendy Natalie Fashon, and we're talking about what it takes to thrive outside with guest Shannon Rose, landscape architect, environmental educator, and founding director of Thrive Outside. Okay, um, I just want to sort of, I've got a question here, but I want to sort of um, explain a little bit the background of it. Through the State of Rhode Island's Learning Inside Out Outdoor Classroom Initiatives this past year, many schools received grants to create, enhance, and support access to natural resources for all students in the form of outdoor classrooms or schoolyard habitats. Formal educators are seeking outdoor teaching strategies that will actively engage children and improve their language literacy, math, science, creative and critical thinking skill development, and, you know, 
this episode is really to support and inspire that process, the, out, the creation of the outdoor spaces, and okay, how do we prepare ourselves to use use those spaces and integrate it into um, so we're also addressing our common core and other requirements. So clearly Thrive Outside has a lot to offer. Um, so Shannon, as an outdoor learning zone designer, what do you see as the essential components of a successful outdoor classroom? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I liken uh, outdoor learning and specifically hands-on outdoor learning to kind of like, you know, planting a seed. You know, if you give the seed nutritious soil and water and sunlight, it grows to its full potential. And I feel that that's what outdoor learning does for kids. It really helps them to grow to that full potential in so many ways, and on a cognitive level, social-emotional level, physical, and uh, dare I say spiritual <laughs> level as well. And, um, you know, so when we're designing an outdoor learning zone, as we like to call them, you know, we, we think about all that and how can we bring out those different things and, and promote that growth in children. So perhaps if you're trying to focus more on the cognitive piece, you want to spark kids' curiosity. Um, so we would put plants in there, for, for example, that would attract different types of wildlife. Um, say you put uh, milkweed and the monarch butter, butterfly, you know, feeds on that milkweed, and then you can watch the whole process of the caterpillar transforming into the butterfly. We've actually had that happen in one of our outdoor learning zones. That's an example of that. You can put raised beds for gardening and, and other things that would that you can do quite a bit with. Um, it's just a social-emotional piece, the mindfulness, uh, teamwork, uh, one outdoor learning zone that we're actually going to be doing through this initiative. Uh, one, one teacher had an idea to do a low ropes course, so we're going to put that in as one element you know, for team building and other interesting things, as well as places to go and kind of be quiet and mindful. Um, some, one of the zones that we created has places that they call sit spots where kids can go and just kind of close their eyes and tune into the world. And in terms of physical, uh, we would put things for exploration, like if stepping stones and bridges and swales and huts and things you can climb into and around. Um, and just allows for that, you know, once again, it kind of, all these things overlap to spark curiosity, provide places for kids to go either to be together or by themselves. And, uh, and, and that all ties into the spiritual element, I believe. You know, if you can create a place of solace and beauty, there is that opportunity for kids to feel like they are, you know, raised up to the next level, so to speak. And um, so by really being mindful of all the, those different components, uh, we, we seek to create a dynamic space for teachers to take their students. I love that. So um, you've done that in your the school where your kids um, went to school, mm -hmm. creating a zone there. Can you talk a little bit about that project? Uh, yes, I, that actually was pre-Thrive. Um, I think it set the, <laughs> the foundation for Thrive to happen. Yeah. Uh, I did that Well, that's what I want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that with another friend of mine, uh, Brooke Merriam. I'll give a shout out to her. and. Uh, so we, we worked on that, and then we actually partnered with the town of Bristol, uh, and we went for a big, large grant to help fund a lot of it. And, yeah, that was a very grassroots effort inspired, actually, by the Boston Schoolyard Initiative, which was another thing that I um, really tried to, when I started Thrive, tried to model it after that initiative where they transformed 
I think it was 88 schoolyards from these asphalt-ridden, derelict-looking spaces into these beautiful outdoor learning areas and play spaces, and then they did teacher professional development. So that was extremely inspiring to me and, and kind of um, prompted me to kind of do some of the work in my children's school. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting, you know, when I first arrived at that school, you, you, you know, I had been away from education for quite a long time, you know, and, you know, it was just kind of re-entering and seeing what it was like. And I just started to notice that the kids really only spent time outside during recess, and it was on asphalt, literally surrounded by a chain link fence, and it was – Yet the, the school itself is set in the most beautiful setting. Uh, they're extremely fortunate to have that setting. And it's, um, and, you know, I just started inquiring, and, and you start to learn about the landscape of education, and I have utmost respect for educators. They are our unsung heroes in so many ways, and I just, you know, I, I, so what I'm about to say is not a knock on them on, in any way, shape, or form, but I think that they have so much to do, so much that they have to take care of in the course of a day, and um, just taking kids outside is just not part of the curriculum, and it's not part of what they need to do, so, so you know, it's just, doesn't make its way into there. So anyway, that, that kind of, you know, just got me going and wanted to figure out how can we make a change here? You know, if they're able to do it in another place like Boston, how can we do it here? And so that started me on the journey of creating an outdoor learning area there and um, working with the teachers and, and doing a lot of programming there as well. <laughs> so what was, what was the process like, I mean, in terms of, I would imagine you'd have to kind of build your coalition within the school um, community, and then the plan. You know how how did the planning work out? Uh, you know, certainly you had ideas. Other people had ideas. You know that whole ideation process. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, sure. Yeah, and actually what we did, you know, at my children's school ended up kind of laying the groundwork once again for how we approached uh, our projects with other schools with Thrive. Uh, it's really a, a school-led uh, process because, you know, if there isn't buy-in, then it's just not going to work. You know, it, 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 you can't just go in and say, oh, I'm going to design this fancy thing for you and walk away. It's, just, it's not going to um, be fruitful. So we uh, really, you know, as we did in that particular pilot situation, you know, talk to different parents and, and the teachers and the, you know, the principal and also talk to the superintendent and other community members that would have a stake in it and uh, formed a small committee and created a vision for what it could be because I'm a landscape architect and my friends uh, is as well. It just it was easy for us to kind of do that. Um, so we, we were able to, you know, create this vision and then do fundraising and just kind of implement it over time. So that um, is actually when we go into a school now or any kind of community center, if we're going to do an outdoor learning zone, we do um, require that they create, you know, a committee and they, they get buy-in and, and the whole design process is like led by the community in terms of getting all their feedback. We talk to the teachers, the students, the parents, anyone else that may have kind of a stake in, in the project and trying to make sure that we incorporate their ideas and concerns and, and, and make it something that's truly for them. Yeah, I love that. And then we, we um, I live in East Greenwich and our, and my kids are long gone. <laughs> But our school district, um, yeah, no, our, our school um, district is, they're sort of discussing right now the rebuild of two new elementary schools. And 
I mean, it's going to take time. It's kind of out there. Um, but when they get to the, you know, when they get to the right phase, I'm definitely going to want to ask them to contact you uh, so that they can, you know, create, you know, really create some really nice outdoor spaces. And I think you know, even at the high school, they do the renovations to do that. They've got a courtyard at the high school um, that could be used for so many, you know, wonderful things. I mean, the space is there, but it, I, don't, I don't know really. I'm not sure because I haven't been to high school in a while. Um, how that space is designed right now, or if that you know, there's other things that could be done to that you know that space design. So I just think that that's that's really interesting. Um, why don't we shift on? If, is there anything else you want to say about the the design process, Shannon? No, I think, I think we pretty much covered it, but yeah, I mean, um, just so people understand too that, you know, uh, to not be afraid of it and, and with Thrive, we really try to facilitate the entire process. It's, um, it can be daunting for educators. They have so much on their plate, so to add this on is just too much oftentimes. So we're here. That's, we're kind of like the one-stop shopping <laughs> for this sort of thing where, you know, we'll, we Great. will do that whole process. We will oversee the, you know, the construction of it. We'll also then, you know, tell you how to maintain it and work with the people, you know, that, that would be doing that work and, and also any community members. And we remain a partner for the long term. We really don't want to just do something and walk away. We, we truly believe that it's, it's important for us to remain, you know, engaged and, and to help the school. So just for anyone listening, if, if it does sound like a daunting thing to do, we're here for you. <laughs> Great, thank you. Okay, I want to shift our conversation now to the teacher professional, professional development and training because you've got a lot going on there. There's a lot on your website. And so I thought maybe you could tell us more about or, you know, get us into that aspect because first you design a space, okay? And then in, in your mind, I know, Shannon, in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm designing space, but I, here's how I envision them using it, right? You know, you've got that vision in your mind as you're creating a space. And then once that space is there, it's okay. Now I need to show them how you know, all the different things they can use it or at least get them started. And they're going to come up probably with some of their own, you know, great ideas once they, once they get into it. But um, just want to talk. Yeah, tell us about your professional development program. Yeah, Actually, you know what? We've got a break in two, a break in two minutes. So um, just a quick introduction, then we'll get deeper into each um, kind of each aspect of that in the next segment. Sure. Yeah. Like, like you said, they absolutely the teachers will absolutely make it their own and, and use their expertise to, to do what they can with it. And um, it's our job initially if we create an outdoor learning zone, especially. That's not always the prerequisite for our PD. You know, it's just sometimes it happens that way that we, we've done a project. Um, so, yeah, we try to introduce them to the idea of getting outside and all of, like the practicalities of it because there are a number of logistics involved with taking children outside and, and helping them to cope with that initial like recess reflex that kids have because traditionally they're used to just going outside for a recess. So there's that. Um, and so we offer a few other programs, too, which we can get into after the break. Okay, great. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for joining us here on the Storywalking Radio Hour. Please help us grow our community of listeners and difference makers so we can work together to build a better world. All of the Storywalking podcasts are free online. 
Go to the storywalking.com website to learn more. I'm your host, Wendy Navani Fashon, and we're talking about thriving outside with guest Shannon Rose, landscape architect, environmental educator, and founding director of Thrive Outside. Our conversation will continue after this station break. How can you make a difference on this crazy planet? Listen to nature-inspired stories and interviews with environmental educators for some new ideas. Sustainable Living News writer, nature walker, and youth educator Wendy Natterney Fashon hosts the Story Walking Radio Hour to talk about issues that matter and to introduce you to people who are coming up with creative, sensible solutions. Let's engage with Earth, with spirit, and with one another heart-to-heart to solve problems and co-create more meaningful life stories. Tune in to Nature's Loving Vibes every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. here on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. High school student Neil Fashan dreamed of leading other young people away from hopelessness to helpfulness, from loneliness to friendship, and from inertia to difference-making. Then, in college, he was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. After Neil died at age 20, his mother, Wendy, began to sort through the memorabilia he'd accumulated over the years. Artwork, notebooks, journals, personal notes, and letters— She's assembled these memories into a timely ebook called The Difference Maker. Parents and teens will appreciate this collection of stories about kindness, resilience, faith, and love. Go to thestorywalking.com website, download The Difference Maker, and become inspired. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of Plumpy Nut and other nutrient-rich, peanut-based, ready-to-use foods, Edesia has already delivered life and hope to nearly 1 million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edesia's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediciaglobal.org. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. We're back with the Story Walking Radio Hour here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. I'm your host, Wendy Natterney Fashon, and we're exploring thriving outsides with guest Shannon Rose, landscape architect, environmental educator, and founding director of Thrive Outside. 
we were going to be shifting our conversation, um, or we just shifted our conversation over from um, the landscape design aspect to the teacher professional development and training. And this makes me think of an opportunity I had back in 2015. Um, I was invited to um, work with the second grade, two second grade classrooms at Fishing Cove School uh, in North Kingstown. And they have, oh my gosh, the school has a setting. You know, sometimes you don't, may not be a lot of great stuff, you know, playground might be blacktop and chain link fence. But when you look outside the ground, you can find some amazing opportunities. And that's the case at Fishing Cove. Um, we could actually walk a short walk through the woods and go down to the salt marsh. And so the teachers, they had it in the back of the school, they had um, a shed filled with boots. And they were just, you know, kids who didn't have their own boots that they didn't keep in their own little locker space in the classroom or the cubby in the classroom. Um, the kids who didn't have boots, there were boots for them in that shed. So the first thing to do, we all gather around the shed and make sure everybody had, um, you know, like boots to keep their feet dry. And then they would, um, they created using um, glad bags, fairly good sized glad bags with a, a punch some holes, tie some ribbon through two, two holes. So it was like a bag they could hang over their shoulder and collect things. So we had our specimen bags, we had our boots, and we would then walk down to the salt marsh and we collected plant samples. Um, and just, you know, the kids would find little, I don't know, hermit crabs and different things, you know, while they're exploring. And they just explore and kind of watch, observe, collect. Then we brought that all back to the classroom. And some of the plants we actually pressed and dried. So that the next time, the next month when I came back, I did the, the, the program was for me to come back on the, I don't know, it's the third Friday of every month. And... Once I came back, that next time we went, we went down, we did more ex exploration, and we looked at the changes that happened within the environment from, I think it was uh, uh, September to October. Um, you know, the changes of leaves, the changes of the plant, you know, plants drying up. There's just, you know, look at all the seasonal changes from one month to the next. So we kind of, we talked about that. Um, we collected more plant specimens, and when we came back to the classroom, um, we pulled out the dry, it's like, we were creating an herbarium of dried plants. So the herbarium is basically you take samples, dry the plants, and then you mount them on paper, and then you can put them in plastic sleeves. So it's like a collection of all these different plants that you find. And uh, took some of their plant samples, the fresh ones, and they did drawings. They did observation. They measured how, 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 you know, what's the size of the leaf? What's the size of the stem? And just kind of using their math to do the measuring piece. Um, and then doing writing, descriptive writing about, you know, to describe what they found, what, what made their the particular plant that they'd chosen, how would you describe that plant versus, say, another plant. So there was a lot going on. It was a lot of fun. Um, and that's just kind of, you know, an example of an activity that teachers would do. And it doesn't, you don't have to be even near a salt marsh. I mean, there could be weeds. In, in, a, in an urban playground, and you can do the same thing with that, and, I, and I've done that before. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go back to Shannon now, and we want to talk about um, the teacher professional development training provided by Thrive Outside. So Shannon, back to you. 
Oh, that was a beautiful example, Wendy, of, of, you know, the possibilities, too, and also for cross-curricular learning, you know, with the writing and the scientific observations and just other things. I think that was, that was really, really neat that you shared that. And that just, you know, taps into the possibilities that are outdoors that, you know, that you don't have inside. Um, and I think with our TV in general, like, we're, we're trying to um, be as mindful as we can of educators and how, kind of meet them where they're at and what they're, you know, facing right now and, and try to um, do our best to, to gently lead them and, you know, take baby steps, if you will. And, and that's what I mentioned before the break, our intro to outdoor education sessions are about, uh, it can be either a one-off session or it can be over the course of like a school year and you're just kind of leading teachers through that process of experimenting and trying things out and reporting back and that kind of thing. Um, we have another program called Rooted in Nature. It's a new uh, social-emotional focused um, teacher professional development and that's um, uh, really about kind of like what it sounds, uh, trying to introduce different uh, measures to help teachers to help their students, whether it's de-escalating or you know, introducing mindfulness practices and things of that nature um, and doing it outside. And uh, we're very excited about that program. We think there's quite a bit of potential there. And another program that uh, I wanted to highlight that we've had a good amount of success with so far is called the Teacher Learning Circle. And that's an in-depth uh, free program that's offered over the course of the school year. And it's for teachers to come together and in community and to share with one another. And we do it at different you know, locations across the, the, the state and we bring in experts and uh, whether it's, you know, writing outside or, it's, you know, doing more science things or um, all, all different types of things we, we touch upon. And uh, it's been so, so wonderful to see the teachers, you know, these are teachers that are already bought into outdoor learning, so they're doing this on their own time and they are, are just so grateful to be able to have the opportunity to connect with other people like themselves and to learn and, and, and to grow. So uh, that's been a, a, great a great thing for us and uh, we're going to continue with that next year. And uh, would anyone listening, if you're interested, look for the advertisements for that come uh, August. I, I love that idea. I just, you know, the teachers learning circle and having a forum where everybody can come together and share. Um, I think that that's very, very powerful. Um, it, it's really else? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to talk over you, but yeah, I, it really is a powerful experience. And, you know, when we interview teachers afterwards, some of them get emotional about it. It's just, you know, I think especially what you touched upon earlier about COVID and how it just um, has burned so many teachers out. And it's, it's been extremely difficult mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of recoup from that. And I, I think one of the beauties, uh, beautiful things about the teacher learning circle, it's an opportunity for them to nourish themselves. So when you nourish yourself and you can feel good, then you can then nourish your children and, and try to, you know, pass that on. So it's, it's kind of serving two things, you know, the teacher first and then, you know, serving their capacity to serve their students. And, and you know, that's so important when you talk about nourishing yourself. I mean, oftentimes, you know, if you've ever been in a caregiver role, um, you're spending so much time taking care of um, the, another person or other people and you don't take care of yourself. 
And mm-hmm. it's even even like the self love piece and just all of that. I mean, we really managed to send a card to a friend the other um, yesterday. I wrote a handwritten note and a card about self love, and just really taking care of ourselves so that so that we can take better care of others, better care of ourselves, so we can take better care of others. Um, and you know that whole idea of you know nourishing. You know, any more comments on that? Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned this because I, I was just talking to my Thrive team the other day about this. It was like uh, how it's so important for each one of us to thrive so that we can then, you know, pass our passion on to other people. And so we do have to take that time for ourselves to unplug, go outside, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk, you know. You know, it's easy to get caught up in your life and, and be on a screen yourself and not, you know, taking that time to get outside and really rejuvenate. So, yeah, so that's that's. So part of our philosophy throughout everything we do, and in particular with our teachers. Yeah, and I love that. So where can people find out more? Where would they go? I know we're going we're gonna to post that information, um, the links on the podcast page, but um, just right now, where would people find your resources? How can they reach, get out, and you know, get in touch with you? Yes, um, there are a few ways we can. Uh, people can go to our website, thriveoutside.info, and we can sign up for our newsletter, which is, comes out monthly. That's a really great way to stay on top of what we're doing and hear the latest and greatest. Um, and we have social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. So you can check us out there as well, and those are um, all on our website too. You can find out. So, yeah. So we uh, we we trying to get the word out as much as possible. So please check us out on those different um, places. Okay, great. And um, before we close, is there anything else, Shannon, you would like to add? Yes, I I wanted to talk very briefly about some of the barriers to people um, participating, whether it's in one of our programs or, you know, reaching out for their school or a teacher. Uh, I think that there's a lot that's going on in our culture today. Some of it has to do with how we spend our time, if it's on a screen, which children are are really um, faced with these days. If there's you mentioned earlier the indoor oriented nature of a lot of our activities for our children, and um, then access. There's an equity thing going on here where you know there are children that just do not have access to safe, beautiful spaces um, or any kind of space outside, and and certainly maybe in the encouragement side of things. So I, I do want to say that you know um, you know despite all the barriers out there, you know. We're here to try to help with that, and we have, you know, family hikes monthly, and we're doing a scavenger hunt in February, and we we do different events. Um, and so, you know, please consider looking into those things because they're, they're, it, it helps a lot in terms of um, if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, like, oh, I want to get my kids outside, but I don't know what to do or I don't know where to go, then join us. You know, I, I find that joining in with something like that helps me to step out more, you know, step out of my comfort zone and that kind of thing. So um, so in, in terms of, yeah, addressing the barriers, we're, we're here to try to help people through that process. Fantastic. Thank you. And I guess I would say, you know, if, if there are teachers out there who have kids, you know, your own family, um, those family hikes are a great opportunity to get out, meet Shannon, 
um, you know, kind of maybe get some ideas. So I definitely recommend that um, people look into that. Okay, it's time to conclude today's episode. Thank you, Shannon, for sharing you know, your story, um, your resources, everything about Thrive Outside. Listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Shannon and her organization, I'm going to provide valuable resource links related to today's show on our Dream Vision 7 Radio Network podcast page for this episode, Thrive Outside. If you enjoy this podcast, please, please share it with friends and family, your colleagues, you know, in the school where you work. Um, you know, let's get the word out there because word of mouth is, is the best way to do it. You know, just we share, share these, um, these podcasts and then get involved and share what we're all, you know, what, what all we're learning and what things are working for us. Please help us grow our community of listeners and difference makers so we can work together to build a better world. All the Storywalking podcasts are free online. Go to the storywalking.com website to learn more. The Storywalking Radio Hour airs on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Listen online or on your mobile device anywhere, anytime, you know, while you're out walking, while you're out gardening, or while you're inside preparing dinner or sipping on a warm cup of tea. Um, you know, here we are. So thank you all for joining us here today on the Story Walking Radio Hour. I'm your host, Wendy Natalie Fashon, with guest Shannon Rosé. And we wish you all the very best as you get outside and thrive and continue to move forward with all your stories. Once again, the Story Walking Radio Hour has covered a lot of ground. Please join Wendy Natterney Fashon next time for a new edition of the Story Walking Radio Hour. This show airs every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Listen live on DreamVision7Radio.com, where you can also access archives of previous Story Walking Radio Hour episodes. Find them under the Sustainable Living section. And visit the StoryWalking.com website, where you can contact Wendy to learn more about the practice of storywalking. This is DreamVision 7 Radio Network. Uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.